Welcome to Main Menu for the week of March 23rd through March 29th, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner. Glad you could be with us today. Thank you for coming. If you're a returning listener, we are always glad to have you here with us and glad you have decided to come back again. If you're a new listener and this is your first time, welcome and we hope that you will enjoy and get a lot of information out of what you hear on Main Menu and that you'll come back and be with us often. This week on Main Menu, we are going to start out again with our note taker series and this week we'll be seeing what the five note takers involved in our series do as far as covering access to the internet and the web browser on each of the units. We follow that up with, I have an interview with Michael Kern from NV Access and co-developer of the NVDA screen reader. And we are going to be talking about a brand new release of NVDA, which just came out this week, just a couple of days ago. And a little bit about NV Access and how you can support NV Access to keep NVDA going. Not only support it financially, but also be involved at a variety of levels in the development of NVDA and the ongoing development of NVDA. And then finally, compliments of BlindBargains.com. JJ Meadows is back with us again this week with another interview from the recent CSUN Technology Conference. And he'll be talking to the folks from National Braille Press about a new note taker they are developing, some of the features, some of the things they hope to include, and get some idea of when that note taker may be coming to the market. And that's all this week on Main Menu. going to talk about internet connectivity on the Braille Note Apex BT. And for the sake of brevity, I had to do some editing to cut down on pauses and stuff, so things will sound a little disjointed, but the process is complete. And right now I'm sitting in the main menu on internet. I'm going to push enter. This is my home page as it is on the PacMate, so I'm going to push enter. SSID name, and here we go. Please wait. Page of the National Library serves for the blind and physically handicapped. Okay, I'm going to move down here. Welcome to the home. Search and list web pages. Skip navigation and hope that all may read. Dot. I'm using space plus dot four. Press spacebar to get to some of the links. Analyst kids zone. To request more information, hit enter. What's new at NLS? NLS celebrates 80th anniversary. Go back up to the top. Dots one, two, three plus space. Top of page. And I'm going to step through. That's what we want to do. Let's push enter. Okay, I'm going to arrow down a little quicker here. 
single term search home catalog MLS online cat overview of text author last name first examples. I've had to stop because it took a little time to get to NLS that all may read. I had to use the space plus dot four to get there. And I'm going down again with the thumb keys and I see author, last name first. To get to the text input, we have author, and then it says examples, which we don't want the examples, and then there's a sequence. You have an ampersand, a dots one, two, three, four, six, a space bar, and to the right of that is one, three, four, five, six. So it looks like a little box or something. So I'm in the little box, and I used a routing button to get here, and I'm typing A-L-C-O-T-T, and I'm going to move down. Title exit keyword location. Learning live formerly art. Please consult their separate search button. Now the problem with this is that it kind of mixed a lot of things together here because I didn't see any little buttons that say what type of book do you want. So it looks like what we're going to have to do is just assume that what we got for the purposes of this review are correct. And I do see a search button, but I've got to navigate past all this other stuff. So we have a search button, and I'm going to push the routing button on that. Okay, I'm going to, I guess if you want to get into the list, you have to go to the top of the page. It shows the author as Alcott Louisa May, 1832-1888, and the title is A Double Life Sound Recording. And since I'm reading this in Braille, it's not really verbalizing it, but at least you know that we got here. And how do we get out of this? It's very, very easy. You push space plus the letter E, which is the universal exit button for this. Exit again. And we're back into the main menu. So that's how you get to web on the Braille Note Apex BT. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin with the Battle of the Note Taker segment that we've been doing the last few weeks. And today I'm demonstrating the web browser on the icon in the Braille Plus. The web browser is our selected note taker task of the week. The Braille Plus contains Wi-Fi, which I've already enabled. I am right by the router, so I have a very good signal. So if you're not so close to the router, your speeds on loading web pages may be just a little bit slower but it should be in general the same process. So to launch the web browser and begin looking at web pages, we're gonna press four for the internet menu from the applications menu. One web browser. And we're gonna press one, which you just heard for the first option is web browser. You hear that the program is now launching and in just a few seconds, web browser loaded. the Braille Plus announces that the browser is loading. You're going to hear a kind of swoosh slash click sound which was that sound right there. That tells you that the Braille Plus is loading a web page. New page Google search. We hear a new page Google search. My default homepage is google.com. Now, that little short click sound means that the web page has completely loaded. So if we down arrow, images, videos, we have links, maps. and that little ding sound in the background sort of noise is the sound that lets us know that we're currently focused on a link. News. Now, there are some shortcuts within the browser that we can use. The one and three keys on the telephone keypad move back and forth by headings. Four and six will move back and forth by links. And seven and nine will move back and forth by form controls. I know that the edit box is a form control, so I'm going to use nine for next form control. Edit. Computer Braille required blank. Now we are in the search box. Now, we do not have to enter any sort of forms mode here. We're actually just in the search field, and we can begin typing. So if I type A, C, B, A, D, B, radio, R, Radio. Main. Main. Menu. 
and I press ACP radio main menu and I press OK, which activates the search button. It's now loading the page with the search results for ACB radio main menu. Now you hear that probably one of the biggest ACB radio main menu Google search of this search. device is the speed up loading pages. This is a fairly small and simple page and it still takes a few seconds. It's not as instant as maybe your phone, especially not as quick as your computer would be. So as long as you don't mind waiting for pages, once they're loaded, it works very well. But you do have to wait a few seconds until you hear that little noise to make sure that your page is loaded. So let's use the three key to move forward by headings. Rapid nav underscore logo underscore HP2. Search options. Main menu and main menu live on demand. ACP radio. There's the first search result, which points us to the old main menu archives for shows before 2008. Home, main menu, ACP radio. There's the main menu.acbradio.org homepage. So if we press OK, that page is going to be loaded. page home, main menu, graphic ACP radio logo. Now that one loaded very quick because it's basically all text. So we move by headings. Main menu. Navigation. Home. Most recent announcements. So we're hearing the headings if we go by links. ACP radio main screen. Backwards by links. Graphic subscribe to the podcast. Register. Login. You're hearing how that works. It's very responsive once the page is loaded, and that's how you navigate a web page. Before we go, I'm going to take a quick look at the menus. Options menu. One bookmark page. You hear bookmark page, so we can set this page as a bookmark, or what some browsers would call a favorite. So if you want to come back to this page often, you can do that. Two bookmarks. Now that that area will show you all pages you've marked as a bookmark. Three tabs. This browser does support tab browsing, so if you have several pages open at once, you can choose the tabs option. We'll give you a list of all open pages. You can select the one you want so that you can have multiple pages open at once and switch back and forth between the various tabs in the browser. Four tools. Alt plus T. We have a tools menu. I'm opening that now. One Google Web Search. We can automatically do a Google Web Search that's built in that'll automatically take us there. Two mouse over. Hold down select. We can hold down the select button to activate a mouse over. Three mouse left click. Hold down OK. If, if a page requires a mouse left click, you can hold down OK, and that will tell the page that you're doing the equivalent of a mouse left click. Four mouse right click. If there's a page element that requires a right click, you would choose that option. Five enter links only mode. You can enter links only mode, and then when you use the up and down arrows, you would only see links on the page. So if you just want to look at links and not at text, that's an option. Seven enter headers only mode. And there's CTRL also headers only mode, so if you want to just navigate by headings, you can use your up and down arrows when this mode is selected to move by headings. Seven enter headers. So that's the tools menu. Option two, three, four tools. So below tools. focus link URL. We can go to the last focus link or URL. Six download manager. If you're downloading any files, you can go here to the download manager and see how far those files are along as far as the percentage of how much is downloaded. You can download multiple files at one time. Seven file. Alt Here's F. our file menu. Eight edit. Alt plus our e. edit menu. Nine navigation. Our navigation, which is just your standard page navigation Nine area. Navigation. And that's all we have. So let's go back to the file menu. One go to URL. CTRL plus O. Control plus O will let us open a URL. So you could push Control O and type Google.com, for example. Two settings. Two settings. And the only other option in the file menu is settings, where you can set different voices. So if you want to hear your unit speak in a different voice whenever there's a link, you can set that. That's also where you can set your home page or what page you would like to be loaded by default. We're not going to go into the edit menu because that's just going to have search, cut, copy, paste, etc. This is a fairly basic browser. It doesn't support Flash. You can't watch videos. It will stream audio using the built-in internet radio tuner in the device. There's a lot of things it doesn't do. It's not exactly the fastest browser, but if you want to navigate a page, the option is certainly there. So I hope this has given you a good overview of how the browser works on the icon and the Braille Plus from Levelstar and APH. With that, this concludes the browser demonstration. For ACB Radio's main menu, I'm Chase Main menu.
This is a demo of the PacMate Omni QX400 internet access. And I'm using the Socket Communications Go Wi-Fi P500 card. And I'm connected to the LAN. And I'm going to get in here and show you how to work with the internet briefly. And my home page is the NLS page. So we're going to go there. I'm going to push Start. Start menu, Bidet. I'm going to arrow down to Internet Explorer, or let's push I. Leaving menu. Internet Explorer. Seven headings and 53 links. Home page of the National Library Service for the service. Okay, I'm going to tab around a little here. Welcome to the home page of Search NLS Web. This page link graphics, skip navigation, and go to main content. Let's push H for headings. Heading level 1, heading level 2, National Library. Heading level 3, the Library of Congress. Let's go to the top with Control plus Home. Home page of the National Library Service. And do we have any tables? No tables. Let's see if we can get to a book. Push enter. Okay, let's look for a book here. Heading level two catalog search options. Heading level one NLS all day read. I'm gonna tab to author. Link overview author last name first edit. Okay, let's push enter. Forms mode on. Author last name first edit. Okay, I'm gonna type Alcott. A L C O T T. Tab. Title edit. This page. Keyword edit. This page link example. Location combo box. Let's leave that. Material type combo. Let's leave that. Search button. Push enter. Security alert dialog. Menu send information to the. Okay, I stop speech. I need to push Alt. Menu active. Yes. And choose yes, which is the choice. Push enter. This program does not have its own exit within a menu, as other programs do. So in order to get out of this program, we need to get to the running programs in the memory settings within the PacMate settings. There's a long way to do it, but the short way to get to this dialog is to push Alt-Control-M. Running programs page, running programs list, list view, one of three. Okay, we should have Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer is the third one. So I'm going to tab. Activate button. Tab again. Stop button. And stop the program and switch the routing key above S. And it doesn't tell you that it's stopped, but if I do a shift tab, you'll see there's two programs. List view, one of two. Okay, and in order to get out of this, you push escape. And escape. That is how Internet Explorer works on this machine. Hi, main menu listeners. Welcome to a demonstration of the web browser found on the Hims family of products. I'm going to hit the letter B to load the browser up here. I'm on the main applications menu here. My voice sends QWERTY. Starting web browser. Www.google.com. And I have it Google up, and we're going to go through the process of loading a page. We're going to load uh, NFB Newsline online. So I'm going to push Control L here. And we are on the uh, in the address bar. I'm going to type www.nfbnewslineonline.org. 25. 
There we go. And we're on the welcome page. I'm going to tab here. I'm going to log in. We could have also hit insert tab to bring up the list of links. I'm going to hit tab again. And we're in the edit box and once our six-digit identification number. There is actually hotkeys to jump between edit boxes using your control and function keys, but um, depending on which model of keyboard you have, those keystrokes will differ, but those features do exist to jump around different elements of a page. Enter in my identification number, and I want some secured code, and I'm going to log in. And we're on here. I'm going to hit insert tab here. And we're going to look for Web News On Demand. And I'm going to bring out the list of links again. We're going to look for publications for New York. And I'm going to download the Long Island News Day for the 25th of January, which is the day that I'm recording this. And now, we've got the sections list for today's paper. Now you can click on Business 8 Articles, and we can... We could now... We can now read the article, so if I had a function enter... Now what I like to do is to get the full zip file in daisy format, so I can read it offline. So I'm going to hit insert tab again, and we're going to hit download zip file full paper, and it's going to go to the downloads folder. I push enter on that, I could have tabbed and chose a different directory. As you can see, it downloaded very quickly. And now, I can go to the file manager on Zipit and play the Daisy Player. So this is a brief overview of the browser. You can see there are, it's very quick and loading pages. I was able to very efficiently navigate the NFB Newsline site, choose the publication I wanted, and it all worked very seamlessly. This has been an overview of the browser found in the Hymns family of note-takers. All right, in this section, we are going to look at the web a little bit with the Maestro. The Maestro does have wireless built into it, and so uh, we have already turned on the wireless connection to our wireless here, and so we don't have to worry about that. It's already connected. I'm going to, this time, because of where the web browser is in the main menu, instead of me hitting the down arrow to get to it and having to go all the way to the bottom of the list, I'm going to hit the up arrow. System menu, calendar, 140, maestro, X, help, submenu, A, programs, submit, configuration, F, web browser, E. And there's the web browser, and let's hit enter. And it should start loading our loading web menu. page. And the web page web is... browser dialog, loading page, page loaded, Google page, 34 links, one frames. All right, so just that quickly, it loaded our web browser, and now let's go down our page and see what we have here. Edit box, link, link search, link images, link videos, link maps, link news, link shopping. Link mail, link more question mark, link translate, link books, link finance, link scholar, link blogs, link YouTube. And so what we are basically on is a mobile version of the Google website, and that is what 
is normally programmed to be the first page that comes up in the web browser when we come into the web browser on the Maestro. And then if we wanted to do something else in the web browser, we have four function keys to the left of the arrows and the tab on the on the little pad, keypad on the front of the Maestro. And the main menu for each application is the F4 key. So I'm going to hit the F4 key. Open menu, file, submenu, one of eight, F. And we have a file menu. Address bar, two, eight. And there would be the address bar where we could go in and put in an address uh, to go to another web page. New tab, control plus N, N. New tab. Open file, control plus O, O. Open file. Save file, control plus Save N, Save file. Close tab, grade C. Close. Address bar, two, eight. And we're back to the address bar. File, submenu, F, edit, submenu, E. Edit. Undo, grade, control, plus, grade, can copy, grade, can paste, grade, can delete, grade, D, select all, grade, can find, control, plus five, find next, five, F. Undo, grade, control, plus, grade, control, plus, Okay, so e. pretty typical edit uh, menu there. Edit, submenu, E, view, submenu, B. And let's see here. Back, grade, back, forward, grade, delete, home, page, E, H, refresh, page, one, R, previous tab, grade, can, next tab, grade, can, back, grade, backspace, B. Okay, it's pretty, submenu, pretty e. typical thing you would expect. And a web browser for viewing. Navigation elements, submenu, and head. navigation elements. Let's see what we have there. Links, submenu, L. We have links. Headings, submenu, H. Headings. Form fields, submenu, F. List, okay. submenu, I. Tables, submenu, P. Frames, submenu, R. So these are different ways you can choose to navigate your page, and you could go in and choose from those. Navigation elements, submenu, N. And I left arrow back to the main menu. Favorites, submenu, A. There's our favorites menu. Tools, submenu, P. And tools. Let's see what kind of tools we have. Connect the wireless. Network grade C. Connect wireless network, and that's great because it already is connected. Configure wireless network N. Configure wireless network. Well, we're already configured and working. Options O. And there's options. Connect the wireless network grade D. All right, and we're back here. Tools submenu D. Help submenu H. There's our help menu. Exit web browser X. And there's exit web browser, and we'll just go ahead and exit the web browser since we already saw how fast it could load a web page when we came into the browser. All right. Closing menu web browser message box. Disconnect wireless network, yes button. And it's asking if we want to disconnect from the wireless network. And I have no reason to say on, and so I'm going to hit enter on the OK button. And it's unloading and closing the wireless. And system bar, press the open down key. That's open the menu. browsing the web with a maestro. I'm very glad to have with me today on Main Menu, Mr. Michael Kern, who is one of the two lead developers for NVDA with the NVDA project for non-visual desktop access screen reader. And Michael is here to talk to us about a brand new release of their software coming out in the very near future. And I and a lot of other people have been watching the release candidate that is currently out and are very excited about some of the new things coming up in this release. And thank you, Michael, for coming on. And we are really pleased to have you here. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, so, yeah, this, this release that's coming out is the first release for 2012. Um, so it's called 2012.1. And this release really focuses mainly on three areas, Braille support, Microsoft Word support, and the iTunes store. So firstly, our Braille support, we've really improved it so that now reading web documents or reading and interacting with web documents and other documents is 
much more feature rich in terms of reporting, formatting and other semantic information. So for instance, if you're now reading a web document with Braille in Internet Explorer or Firefox or something like that, um, the Braille display will now tell you whether you know a particular text is a link or a heading and what level it is. And all that kind of other semantic information that you would normally hear with speech is now also Brailled on the display. Now this is good for people who are reading along with Braille as well as speech or people who just like to use Braille over speech, but it's really important for the deafblind community because um, previous to this, uh, th they were not getting that information at all. It was impossible to tell whether something was a link or something like that. So that's really the first Braille improvement. The second one is uh, the fact that we now don't don't break lines in the middle of words with Braille. So, for instance, when you're reading a line on your Braille display, previously it may have ended right in the middle of a word, or even worse, right in the middle of a contraction in grade two, which looks very odd when you just see a dot five on the end of your display or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but um, so that's now uh, by default that doesn't, doesn't happen anymore. It will always show the last complete word on the display, and then maybe a bit of space if it can't fit the next word. However, you can turn this off if you really want the other way. Some people have said that they do so um, you can turn that off but I think that's really going to help with fluent reading another braille feature that will help with fluent reading as well in 2012.1 is the, um, is a feature where you can tell it to read in what we call paragraph mode which will rather than uh, it won't show you the physical lines uh, in the document on the display it will actually read by paragraph so for instance when you're scrolling through the braille display you'll keep scrolling through the whole paragraph rather than leaving some space at the end of the display just because the line ended so that's really really useful for read you know when you're reading out loud or something like that i mean i like i love that feature when you know reading to my children and stuff like that because i, I don't have to keep on going hang on there's nothing on a display here hang on and <laughs> go down a bit more you know yep. if, if, you're, if your document's formatted nicely with paragraphs then in theory you shouldn't care about where the actual lines are where the document thinks they are um, but as i say you can turn that off for real you know once you're really doing real document formatting where you do care about the layout then of course you can turn that off and you can see the lines okay. so that's that's really all the the, the braille support um the Microsoft Word support, um, we've really tried to improve uh, performance in Microsoft Word and also uh, access to semantic information. So, for instance, it's now possible in Microsoft Word to be notified of heading levels, footnotes, the existence of comments, and also uh, which part of the document you're in. So, for instance, if you're in the footnotes pane or in the comments pane, uh, NVDA will report uh, all of this to you. And, you know, this is really, really important for, for those using, you know, Word document, uh, using Microsoft Word for writing documents, whether it is at home or at work, but, you know, they want something to, you know, proper professional standard. Um, I guess, you know, that kind of information is, is extremely important. I mean, I certainly know of people now successfully using NVDA, you know, in, in unit university and stuff because now we've added the footnote support you know that's very important when doing referencing right, and all kind right. of stuff so um yeah we really made sure that that all that was was in there but at the same time of course taking the opportunity to increase our uh, performance as well because we do know that in the past if you turned on a lot of the formatting features in word in the past um it would get extremely slow when reading the document and it was just impractical so uh, we've really really improved that um the third thing major thing in 2012.1 is our support for the the iTunes store. We've previously 
um, supported iTunes in general quite well, uh, just sort of with all the standard controls. But the one thing we didn't have support for was the actual iTunes store. It was possible to use object navigation and sort of, you know, tabbing around and seeing where you got to, but it, it wasn't that great. So now we've, we've got proper iTunes uh, store support, so it feels just like a web document. Um, so you can use your quick navigation and you can arrow up and down in a sort of, a, you know, a flat view of the document. And so it allows you to, you know, search for your music or other items and preview songs and, and make purchases. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of good feedback from users on our on our iTunes store support, which is really good. Between the Word and the Braille support, has there been major changes on, like, handling tables, like in Word? Is that we've, Yeah, look, we've, we've fixed quite a few bugs and things like that, uh, always fixing bugs. Um, so there were particular tables that just couldn't be wor- written uh, read in Word in the past um, due to merged cells and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think we support that a little bit better, or at least to the extent that the table reads, you know. Sure. Um, so there were some very strange corner cases which, which we never knew about, which just never were. Um, so a lot of that's been uh, redone. Uh, and of course, uh, talking about the formats in Microsoft Word, when that was just with, with speech, when using a Braille display with Word in the past, things would become pretty slow as well. And I, I believe that that's been proved somewhat well. So um, I should add to our Braille support, when I was talking about adding extra formatting, some of that uh, is in regard to, say, detecting, showing uh, the user whether, say, something is bolded or italicized. And that's actually shown in the proper uh, Braille codes for your translation table. So, for instance, it should show you proper grade to bold sign or italic sign. Right. And I've noticed that it certainly does do that. Mm-hmm. And Now, does that include if there is highlighting or bold or something like that? They may also underline that word with certain dot combinations. Do you do that we, in addition? Or? We, we don't. Um, where we do do that, uh, I should add that we now actually support t- selecting text in Braille. We never used to support that. It used to be just still a flashing cursor and you couldn't see your selection. We do now support selecting text and that does do the dot seven and eight okay. um, showing you where you have selected but in regards to more semantic highlighting or you know I know we've had other requests to say show the focus selection so for instance if you're I don't know in, in my computer or something and you highlight a hard drive some people want dot seven and eight to go all the way across I believe that's really distracting. I know other screen readers do it, but I, I just don't. Uh, we don't really believe that. Thank and you. So we, we're not doing that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I, be- I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to, to, to the, the time side yeah. distract, and I have the seven. So, and I had, hadn't really looked at that close, but I did think I remembered seeing it. To me, yeah, I, yeah, I just didn't see the, 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 the markings there that tell me it's bold or italics yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and know that it's marked at the beginning and end and then i i know that it's marked i don't have to have that underneath <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> okay i believe on uh, the uh, braille displays you you're also handling some newer some new dis- displays are you or? uh yeah the new ones that we're supporting are the hito profi braille displays and also the new brilliant b displays from humanware yeah. um i don't think i've missed any there but i can i can think, go through i think that 
is pretty much yeah is the way I remembered it yeah yeah mm-hmm. but I mean you know we support a, another you know a myriad of other displays as well of right. course your Freedom Scientific and your Handytech and your Optelec, um and uh, several other ones but as I, I you know as we point out that if there is a display that we don't support out of the box uh, you can go and get another package called Rail TTY uh, which is you can install and that will give you access to a lot of the older displays as well as far as the word support now that should give you us uh, quite a bit better support for uh, basically all of the versions word pretty much yeah we 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 tried to test from 2003 onwards word, uh, office 2003 onwards we mm-hmm. so therefore we can't guarantee support for 2000 or xp uh word i don't know it might work i mean i hear of some people using word xp but we don't we don't promise that at all word 2010 we've heard pretty good things from i haven't personally tested it um but it hasn't changed too much i do know of one particular uh crash people might want to actually be aware of and that's uh protected mode in 2010 documents i think oh, when you're okay. in a particular protected mode pane or something that they've added and it um doesn't work too well with nvda i believe so just watch out for that but okay. other than that general features i believe should work. Uh, people can report you know issues and mm-hmm. i guess we can give the websites at the end but um you know okay um i should yeah. actually just add just um quickly another couple of the, the features um that are unrelated to those those big three okay um we are now supporting Adobe Digital uh, Digital Editions oh, quite yes. well, including okay. automatic page turning. Ah. Um, so we've been working closely with Adobe on that one. So uh, for those who don't know, D- Digital Editions is a reading software that can open many different types of um, bought online books and, and things like that, EPUB and all that. And um, so we'll support that and we uh, can do automatic page turning. That's the new thing in 2012.1 for that. Yeah, I know um, the uh, Digital Editions has, 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 they've done a, a lot of work to find make their uh, their product more accessible and they they do do quite a few uh, of the some bit of the epub work so that'll that will be great that you are supporting them well we uh, I, sh- I guess I should add here that we um, we're supported very well by by Adobe and um, they're one of the reasons that we that we can continue to to work on NVDA so we're very thankful for their their support and we're certainly happy to to work and make sure that you know uh, their products work well with, with NVDA so that includes Adobe Reader of course we, we believe we have pretty pretty good um, PDF support okay um, just a quick question on the there have been some comment I've seen some comment uh, from people that they think NVDA is working pretty well with with the uh, Chrome browser from Google, mm-hmm. and uh, I was wondering if there's uh, been any comment, or if you've heard any comment, or no, uh, are, are is there any progress being made with Google Docs, or are we pretty much uh, still waiting? <laughs> yeah, I don't know too much on that. I know in the past, I think I think it's safe to say that Google has started getting the message, and that and that that things are improved. Okay. There have been some improvements over the last year or so, and and um and I mean even you know may not be with all screen readers. I mean even just the fact that you can use Chromevox to to use Google Doc quite well in in some places, and um, NVDA will work. Yeah, quite well with uh, certain Google Docs things. So Google Spreadsheets, I certainly personally use. Um, but you do need, for Firefox, you need a particular um, 
add-on script for that to fix a little bug in in Google uh, Google Docs uh, that will make it work better with NVDA. So, but look, there's ways around a lot of things. Just sure. you know, find out uh, what you need to do. But yeah, and and I would encourage people uh, go to the NVDA webpage, which we'll give you before we can are through here. But we we want you to hear everything first before we tell you where to go because we don't want you to leave too soon, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if there's things that you have questions about or aren't sure about, you know, one of the things you can do is go and sign up for a mailing list for one thing and, and where you can ask questions and maybe get answers or get maybe somebody can direct you to where to get the answers. Um, we know that Michael is very, very smart, but he doesn't know necessarily know everything. No, neither does anybody else, believe it. <laughs> and, uh, but, but there is a lot of very good information on the NVDA webpage. So I would encourage you to do that if you have questions that we don't get answered here. Uh, the other thing that uh, I, maybe you could talk about just briefly is access to what we have seen so far of Windows 8. Yeah, okay. Um, we have had access to Windows 8, of course, since um, September with the, uh, the public developer preview. And um, since then, I've been, we've been, we've been testing uh, NVDA and Windows 8 quite extensively. Um, I'm, I guess I can confidently say that I'm using NVDA 2012.1 quite well with Windows 8 in general. Um, so I, I use that as my own work, work and development machine. Um, and I'm not running into any major issues. It's feels very much like Windows 7. Um, where we do, of course, though, run into problems is the uh, the Metro-style apps. Um, and I guess that's sort of a new mode in Windows where you can run these special applications from the, the new Windows store. And it's all very, uh, it's full screen, but it's all very locked down securely and things like that. Um, and it's supposed to give uh, a very uh, standard user experience. Um, and it's more designed for tablets and mobile devices, things like okay, that. Okay. So we, NVDA does have some issues with the Metro apps, including the modern version of Internet Explorer. Um, that one at the moment is very unusable with NVDA. Um, but I would feel that's probably the same with many of the current mm -hmm. ATs from what I've heard. I, I believe that things can be fixed for everybody, but it's going to take a bit of innovation and working very closely with Microsoft and making sure we still have what we need because, as I say, these applications are very, very much locked down and some of the past sort of hacks and things that assistive technologies have had to, have had to do in order to get uh, the information we need from, from applications can no longer be done in the same way. So we're going to have to change our ways, all of us, uh, in, in a few things. So it's interesting times ahead. As I say, Windows 8 in general works very well, but if you want access to these Metro apps, yeah, just, just keep watching this space and... See what happens. Okay. Okay. You made me think of something that I, I don't think of that much, and I've only had the experience a couple of times, but I think as time goes on and with what we're seeing, some of the things that we're seeing happen, happen with hardware to it twice, um, what happens with some of these new computers with a touch screen? Is, there, is, it, is it bothering NVDA, or is NVDA pretty much able to go ahead and do what it does? If uh if you don't if you don't touch the touch screen it's not going to bother. Okay. Um so if the if the computer has a keyboard as well or whatever that's absolutely fine you won't notice the difference. I mean okay. um our family has has a like a, a Dell with a with the touch screen built in and um yeah the kids love doing it but I can still use it absolutely normally the way I normally okay. would. Okay. Um but having said that 
Envy access and uh, really, really does understand the importance and the, I guess, the innovation that can be had from touch. And we're trying to investigate how we can add touch support into MVDA. And I can say that I've, I've gotten maybe maybe a third of the way through some of the work, but uh, one of the problems is access to devices and stuff. So we're trying to work with oh, people okay. at the moment to get the access to actually finish off the project. But we really do see touch as being very important because Windows 8 is designed for touch. It's very clear from Microsoft and even looking at the way Windows 8 dialogues and windows and things are all structured now, it's all better for touch than for keyboard. So we really have to embrace this and I'm, I believe all ATs do but, but we're certainly deciding that we're going to um, and so the goal would be that we can we could use MVDA without a keyboard so that does mean adding just gesture support and stuff and I should note that Windows Narrator in Windows 8 already does have support for touch you can use Narrator with a touch screen by itself ah, okay. so we would like to, to do the same but also innovate further because obviously we're, we're open source and we're also a third party screen reader uh, so we can we have that uh, chance to innovate a bit and I mean when I talk about innovation I'm talking about you know not just controlling the screen reader via the touch screen but also better access to maps and diagram things like that you know you can add you know you can go plenty of places with touch support that I think needs sure. to be really played with um, but I am very glad that in Windows 8 because there, there was touch support in general in Windows 7 but right. assistive technologies couldn't use it right. um, there was no way for an assistive technology to but we're very happy that in Windows 8 and I guess the reason they did this is so that their narrator could work um, now, now assistive technologies do have access to touch messages and things like that if oh, they want. Okay. So right. it's just up to us to do the work to do the you know the the you know integrate it into the screen reader and be innovative and work out the best way for a user to use it. And um, so you know we really hope that as long as we can find the time and the resources and what we need, we're happy to do the work. Sounds great. Sounds great. Now you were going to talk a bit about NV Access also. So what is NV Access and why? Why do I really want to know about NVAccess? <laughs> well, I, you want to know. and I think I know why I want to know about it, but I think we are, are the listeners need to know. Yeah, look, the reason I guess you need to know about NVAccess is because that I guess is it's the organisation that really uh, drives MVDA and enables uh, development to go ahead with MVDA. So. Um, I started MVDA myself back in 2006, back in April 2006, and it was a, a little pet project for quite a while. I was just doing it on a voluntary basis, and um, it was just something that interested me. Um, and at the time, I, I couldn't afford other expensive screen readers, so I needed to solve the problem somehow, legally. Um, and so... Um, I started developing MVDA, but we realised very quickly, uh, towards the end of 2006, that that there was a major interest around the world for MVDA. We were already getting translations in from Slovakia and other places, and um, uh, Mozilla Foundation, uh, who make Firefox, approached us saying that you know they want us to support Firefox and all this kind of stuff, and that was sort of all real scary. We go, whoa, okay, hang on, what have we done here? And so <laughs> we realised very quickly that we need to we needed to have some kind of s support around us and some kind of structure. So myself. Um, James Tay, uh, the other co-developer on the project, mm -hmm. uh, my wife Amy and Matthew Mirabella, a friend, uh, we started NV Access Inc. and um, in 2007, and that was a that's a non-profit uh, Australian-based organisation, uh, a charity as well. Um, and our primary goal is to support and develop the MVDA project, um, and we do that by um, by getting grants and donations from either companies or, or users. Um, 
And that allows us at this point in time anyway to support two full-time developers on the project. And so we've been going quite strong for, for the last five years or so doing that. So some of the grants we've got in the past are from people like uh, from companies like Mozilla, uh, Microsoft, uh, Yahoo and uh, Adobe. And um, at, at the moment we're, we're certainly very thankful that Adobe and Mozilla are still providing us with um, uh, grants to, to continue our, our work. Um, but of course we also do rely on donations from, from users in the wider community. So if anyone is using NVDA and can, can, can contribute a little bit financially, uh, yeah, it'd be, it would be really grateful if you, if you could go to our website and donate because it, it allows the project to stay alive and allows us to achieve our goal of making sure that there is still a free and innovative screen reader for Windows uh, that is available to those who can't afford, um, you know, other other screen readers. So, if a person uh, wanted to make a donation, um, where, how, where, or how could they do that? Well, you can donate. There is a donate button on the NVDA website, but I guess right now we should talk about the NV Access website. Right. Um, so that's www.nvaccess.org, and on there is a donate button, and there's plenty of other information about our organisation and how you can help out, etc. Okay. And and then if a person wants to and ought to go out and get a copy of the latest NVDA and try it out for themselves, where can they get that? Yeah, you can go to www.nvda-project.org and when 2012.1 is out, there certainly will be a release on the front page for that. So you'll be able to get that to easily, but otherwise you can get... Uh, to all other releases from the downloads link on the nav bar, on the navigation bar. And people should be aware that, you know, uh, we can't necessarily answer every question that you might have about NVDA or the, the new release or whatever uh, here on main menu, but if you have questions uh, after you get NVDA and are using it or before, uh, the nvda-project.org is also a good place to get additional information about uh, what voices and what add-on voices you might be able to get for NVDA if you like particular voices or want more of a choice of voices. Uh, it's also a good place to find uh, all kinds of information about NVDA, right? Yes, and we and we have um, a support email list run pretty much by users. Um, in fact, there's well, there's one official one, NVDA uh, support, uh, and you can find out how to join that on the on the NVDA website. You can also, if you only just want news about NVDA, so just up and coming you know, releases and things like that, uh, you can subscribe right from the front page to uh, an announcement only list, and we'll also send out you know new releases and, and other information like that. Um, and of course, if you want to contribute to development, you can also find out lots of information about that. Uh, if you go to development, uh, the development link on the, on the website, you'll find out how to contribute code or how to test up um, test you know beta versions and things like. That. And, and and um, they don't have secret beta versions. If you want beta versions, you can get a new version about every day, if I'm right. That's correct. We make what we call snapshots every day, and that, that is pretty much just what the code is right at, at that point. We don't check them or anything like that, so we can't guarantee that they'll even work. Um, but in general, you know, in general, it's quite, it's usually stable enough unless we're working on something really difficult or controversial, um, then it might be a little bit um, broken. But so as I say, we make no promise, but at the same time, if you do want to be active in development, 
development, it's a great way to, to be testing uh, what's happening at the moment. And there's all, also a place where you can you can write in and say, you know, I, I found this bug or whatever in, in a snapshot. So, um, That's correct. We have a whole, so I guess we call it a bug tracking system, where right. if you have any kind of issue, yeah, you can you can lodge the, you fill in the form and you'll be notified of any updates to that or you know, we can put comments on it and all that kind of stuff. So it really keeps the users involved, you know, because mm-hmm. we're very open. So. so if a person did want to like to do the keep up with that kind of thing, if a, if a person did want to do that, where, where could they get those snapshots? Uh, if you go to uh, so the project website www.nvda-project.org and then slash snapshots and that takes you straight to a page where you can see the last four daily snapshots okay. um, uh, and that's what you do but I think we also mentioned that from our development page and it's, okay. it is, it's important to read all that development stuff mm-hmm. as well because you've sure. got to understand the, right. the risks and what you can and can't do and stuff. Right. And, and I believe even there's even notes there about what's changed from day to day yes. or whatever yeah. Correct. We we keep a, a log of changes all the time, which is always updated. So right. yeah, that's very Okay. Well, thank you for coming on, Michael. I really appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to that new release coming and coming very soon. If you would like to come back sometime, you're always welcome <laughs> at the main menu. Thank you. Thank all you right. very much. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome to Blind Bargain's audio coverage of CSUN 2012. Brought to you by... Are you a professional working in the vision loss field? AFB's eLearning Center has the tools and resources to support you. Learn about technology, eye conditions, aging, and more 24-7 wherever you are through AFB's webinars and online courses. Earn credits and enhance your knowledge by visiting www.afb.org elearning. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We are here at CSUN 2012 with Brian McDonald, the president of National Braille Press, and here to talk about probably one of the most anticipated uh, product releases over the last few years, a new uh, portable Android-based note-taker, note-taking device called B2G. Uh, Brian, welcome to uh, Blind Bargains. Thanks very much, J.J. I'm happy to be here. So this has been a project that's been around for a bit. So I remember there's the uh, the Braille Wizard, I think, and a couple other things. And uh... yeah, and and it, it did come out a long time ago, more virally, because how it started was we had a, a website up for developers, i developers, to communicate and upload information, and somehow somebody found it and started talking about it, and it went all over the place. I got calls from Australia and Europe. So we weren't trying to even talk about it yet, but it did leak out. And and so you're right. We started out with a wizard name. It was uh, patent and trademark issues, and we moved on to uh, to now the B2G. Plus, immediately you had the uh, the Dean Blazy link, and of course, you know, of course, Blazy legend, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you know that caught uh, quite a bit of attention. Of course. And then it uh, there there were some delays, things like that, but now you actually have a, a prototype here. Yes, we have a, a prototype that is moving dots up and down, and it's not finished. The software with the Android we're working on, but mm-hmm. we're we're ready to show it. We feel good about the design. Uh, we're, we're revising a second board that has a faster processor that will be done in about three weeks. So we're moving along very well, um, but we, you know, it's an uphill battle. We continue to, to develop and, sure. and work on it. Well, let's talk about it. Sure. So uh, describe uh, the, uh, the device. Uh, what are some of the internals and then uh, what's it running? Okay, so well, first of all, as we said, it is Android, which is important because we're very interested in working with Google on the future of accessibility, and they've been very helpful with us. Uh, it is a has 32 gigabytes of internal storage built in. It also has an SD card slot, so you can certainly have plenty of memory you don't have to worry about. 
Um, it has, uh, as I said, we're putting a one gigahertz processor in it, so that'll be pretty darn fast. Okay. Um, it's a standard Braille keyboard. We're not using a QWERTY keyboard on this one. It's a 20 cell um, length and, and very simple design, on-off switch. Uh, it has a lot of built-in features. It'll have GPS, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. Um, and obviously we're working with apps that are accessible. We've made a partnership with Code Factory to put their mobile accessibility platform on it. Okay. So that, that's being integrated right now. And we'll demonstrate that today at our session this afternoon. Okay. Um, there's also a, a camera on the bottom? Yeah, it has a camera capability, a 5-megapixel camera. So you, know, you could you know, use it for taking images of a restaurant menu or business card or whatever and, and uh, take a picture of it and have it... Have OCR capabilities. So there isn't the current uh, Android app that's accessible that does that. Are you planning on creating one? Or? Yeah, well, we're going to have to develop that. We don't have it ready today, but uh, we, we certainly put the camera in because we want it to be there. And, and even for color identifiers and other things, you know, okay. so multiple purposes. Which version of Android are you planning on running? We're going to have an ice cream sandwich on it when we're done. Uh, right now, we're not using Gingerbread right now because we started already developing it. But we actually met with Google today about you know, upgrading to ICS when, it, you know, when we're ready. We're not quite ready to finish it, as I said today. But... Sure. So uh, you're going to have to uh, obviously develop uh, some apps to complement what's already um, on Android. Uh, yeah. Like the GPS, are you going to you know, be working on that or word processing, things like that? Or? Well, see, this is a good part. I mean, yes, we are doing some of all of that, but we're also trying to create a device that you tailor for the way you want. So mm -hmm. if you get the standard device, yes, we'll have, as I said, mobile accessibility is already in it right now. Mm -hmm. But if you want a certain GPS, I know like Sendero Group, Mike May is talking about an Android version of his, and you can tailor and decide what you want to download on this device. Now, I, I agree with you that there's a lot of apps on the marketplace. It does no good to say you can do thousands of apps if they're not accessible. So what if you can download them if they're not made right? Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're certainly working with our own Android people to make we're doing our own version of a screen reader as well. Mm -hmm. um, I do think in the future, though, that, as I said, Google's going to have a lot of this figured out. But in the meantime, we're going to have the apps at work, and we're going to recommend other apps that either we created or we know that are accessible and, and have a, kind of a favorite list for people, too. Is Google going to give you access to the uh, Android market on this? or We have to apply for that, but we've already talked about that with them before. So. All right. So um, what, what is the, uh, the speech that's uh, being used? Is it uh, just what comes with Android or have you uh, well, any specialized? That's another thing that um, is up to you. There will be lots of choices. You can decide what you want for speech and download you know, certain versions of speech. Um, we're not sure. We're still playing with how Google's will be, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of good ones out there, and we'll decide when we're ready to launch it which ones we think are best. So right. I'm not worried about the speech at all, to be honest. So how is the, uh, the progress? We have the prototype here, and you have a lot of things working. Uh, what is the, uh, the timeline at this point, or where do you go from here? Yeah, and, and I don't want to be evasive. We don't know exactly when this will launch, and I, I don't want to you know, be leading people on about it. Uh, but we, we are, as I said, we're doing a second version of the boards with a faster processor now. We hope to have that done in about three or four weeks. Okay. Um, after that, we're, gonna, we're building a bunch of uh, cases and uh, keyboards for it, and we want to have about 40 or 50 units that we're going to have in the field to beta test further. And while we're doing that, we're going to fine-tune Android. Um, whether it's three months, six months, I'm not sure exactly how long that will take, uh, but, but it's moving along well, and we're pleased. We're, we've gone over a big hump to get to where we are sure. today. So obviously you spent a lot of time in development uh, into this. Is there room in the market? Uh, we have, so we have at least uh, two, if not more now, uh, Android solutions that are coming out. Right. How, how does this compare? Or what, what's well, the part? I, I think our interests are, to, uh, you have to remember, National Braille Press, our, our mission is Braille Literacy for Children and providing information in Braille. And 
And having this device is also preparing for the digital world of Braille. And our, our interests are to make it at the most affordable price possible. When you look at our books that we sell on our, our websites, uh, we sell them at market price, what Barnes & Noble would have them. We don't, even though it might cost us four times as much to make them in Braille, right. we sell them at the same rates. In the reference to uh, note takers, we are looking at providing the minimal margin we can in this device at a retail price so we can still just cover, obviously, administrative support and mm-hmm. R&D for future betterments and so forth for improvements. But other than that, this price, we hope to sell this between $2,000 and $2,500, wow. which is pretty low. Um, and I think that's going to have an impact on the market. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we hope to include Duxbury in it with 137 languages so it can be a global device, not just for the U.S. Okay. Um, is it in a situation or is it in a point where you can show me anything on, on the device itself? Or? Yeah, well, I had a demonstration today. We'll, we'll show you some data input and output and, and you know, basic stuff. We're not, we're not going to turn all the features of mobile accessibility right now on it today, but, mm-hmm. but all that will be ready within a very short period. Yeah, if you're able to show any of, it, uh, any of it now for people who won't be at the... Uh... I don't have... The device I have with me has, doesn't have a functional keyboard that I showed you. It has only some of it. The other one's up with Dean Blazy right now. We're preparing in a few minutes when <laughs> to, sure. to bring it out. So he has one that works right now. So many uh, companies will, will say that um, you know, it's not really possible to bring down the, uh, the prices of Braille display, but you're finding a way to do this. So any breakthroughs that you've discovered or uh, just because you're well, a nonprofit? And, uh, well, being a nonprofit certainly helps. What we've done is, and the reason this has taken longer, is that we've raised funds for this through private foundations and corporations and individuals that have donated our labor to do this. Uh, I, will, I have to give credit to Dean Blazy that he's volunteered a lot of his time on this project, all of his time. We've had paid him to do this. And so his engineering skills, as everyone knows, is, is brilliant, and that is invaluable alone. We're not trying to recoup the cost of everything we've put into this ahead of time. And we have very strong partners that have helped. Uh, the National Federation of the Blind also has invested in this as a partner and helped us with it because they believe in the same mission that we do about rare literacy. So... Um, all that is, is money put into it, and we don't need to recover it for investors coming out. That makes a difference in how we settle our margins and our business model. Right, as long as you can cover the cost of uh, production and a little bit to, of course. to make sure that things can run smoothly. Exactly. And, and that's, the, that's the why it takes a little longer for us, because we're, we're doing fundraising and we continue to push along, and we haven't had to slow down yet on the project for that, but we always have to watch that needle. <laughs> so we're looking always for donations. If your listeners want to donate to National Bureau Press for this project, that would be wonderful. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. In the um, long run, we all benefit, right? With the lower price. Product. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, the advancement of Braille technology, uh, there is still, uh, I guess, a little bit of work on a uh, possible full-page pra- full uh, Braille display, something that's been a dream of people for That's true, and, I, and I, I'm happy to tell you that uh, we've been working on it for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Romeo, who you, some people know his name from the Romeo Embosser uh, that was developed, he's our primary engineer on it, and Dean Blazy's assisting him as well. Um, and we, we're building right now a five-row by 20-cell module to test. Uh, we've already tested single cells. It's, it's not piezoelectric. Mm-hmm. It is uh, electromechanical. Um, it will be portable. It, we've tested the single-cell version, and it works very well. It's strong. It's durable. And we're very... So it's a new Braille technology. It's a new, it's because a new, you had to bring down the cost. Right. This, Mike gonna... Romeo had this idea in his head for like a number of years, and... We, we hired him full-time to do this and to prove out his dream, kind of. And so far, we're really pleased that it has a lot of potential. And it could be a big break- breakthrough in price again for a different technology. Any idea what, what the price would be for something like that? Or? I don't know. It's, it's the parts for this are minimal. And if we believe we can do a lot of this through uh, injected molding, too. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, assembly would be very simple as well. If that's the case, this could be very low cost. The parts are maybe two or $300. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the assembly cost we have to keep down. That's the key issue, we, sure. know, just like piezos. 
you know, sure. I think we can. So, uh, looking at that project, uh, it's been still in development, but where is it at? Or what's the, 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 the imminent future for? I, I don't know the timeline, but mm. we, we will know soon. And I, I would love to have something we can really show later this year, but I really I don't really know yet what time, JJ. Sure. Uh, if people want to uh, to get more information and kind of keep abreast of the uh, developments uh, with the uh, uh, with the browse technology, what's the best way to do that? Well, we're going to start updating our website. We're rewriting part of that section out to give little updates. Eventually, we're going to create blogs about it and everything else, but we didn't want to really do that until we were ready to launch, you know. But um, when I tell everybody, I get calls or emails every day asking for updates from people that want to beta test and so forth. I'd be happy to give my email uh, for people to send it to to me directly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, be like Brian, MacDonald, M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, at nbp.org. And uh, we respond to everybody's inquiries and give updates. I have people that call me randomly, and, and I, I just give them the latest updates. So we're open open about everything. We're transparent. Great. It'll be a, definitely an interesting project to follow, and I appreciate you uh, coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it very much. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2012. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on Main Menu. You have a great week, and we will see you back here again next week on Main Menu.